Divine Truth Documentary Jesus, Mary and Others provide information to people or organizations that produce documentaries. In this video, Thomas later interviews Cornelius at his home, filmed on the 12th of August 2013 in Wilkesdale, Queensland, Australia. Sweet. Okay, um, could you tell me a little bit about um, your first century existence? Yeah, as far as I know anyway, I can remember. I was um, born in Sicily as a little kid there and just lived in a little house with a little sort of cottage, I guess you'd call it, stone one with some my parents and sisters. The sisters are two, two older sisters. And it seemed pretty typical of those days, I think. I didn't see mum and dad a whole lot. They were always doing things and just playing around like a little kid was. And, and one day, um, just at the end of the day, the, some soldiers come and broke into our house, or like, well, forced their way in, I should say, I suppose, and um, held my father at the door with a sword, and two others, there's about five of them, they come in. I was just terrified and ran out to a uh, little corner and just hunkered down, and they were coming, I didn't know why they came in for, and um, they, they'd come to grab me. I was just as terrified, I remember weaning myself, and they come and took me away. And, um, they took me to their garrison, where the army troops were. They just pretty much, I suppose, politically back then, they were actually expanding the empire quite savagely then too. And um, they're just taking young people that look like they could train as soldiers, and I'm pretty much doing that because of my father's um, characteristics too. He's quite a big man. He's big for those days anyway, and he's quite strong in his ways. And um, they thought I'd be good breeding stock, I suppose, like that for that. And, yeah, and I was in there, and... Um, I didn't know why I was there for and I was terrified the whole time. There's other kids in there as well from all different ranges of ages, kids about my age and older, from, and then into growing men. Um, I was in there and just hoping that somebody would come. I was terrified and wanted some. I didn't know why I was there. I was hoping I'd just get taken out there. I didn't know what it was for, if I'd done something wrong or why, and why my mum and dad didn't stop it and everything too, and why didn't they come and get me. And... Um, I was in there for quite a long time, just hoping, hoping, hoping they'd come and get me one day and just holding on to that hope. But it never actually happened. And, um, yeah, it's pretty terrifying in there too the whole time. I didn't want to do what they wanted us to do. They wanted us to, they were trying to train us as soldiers, obviously, and make us hurt other people, other people fight with each other and um, other things like that. And I didn't want to be a part of that and used to get um, beat up a lot for that and um, hurt a lot for that. And, there's other kids too that didn't want to do it and you just got more punishment and violence not doing what they wanted to do. And I think eventually, I guess, they're trying to break you down um, emotionally and turn you into a robot, basically, just a killing machine. And um, after a while, it was probably a couple of years I was in there, I just gave up. I realised I couldn't, there's no one was going to come and save me and get me out of there. I just felt like I must have done something wrong. I didn't know what it was, but... Um, eventually just gave up, could see what was going on in there that to not be heard anymore, you had to be what they wanted you to be. And so I just started, I just turned around and stopped trying to be myself and I became what they wanted me to be. And just started becoming the violent person they wanted me to be and became quite good at that. That was the only way I got love back then, or some sort of, there was no aggro coming at me as much. If I became good, I got more acceptance, I guess, because I had enough of being hurt. And, um... Yeah, it was in there for a long, long time. And to remember early, early teenage years, um, as you're sort of getting more in your sexual development, I used to have these old haggy women that would come along and they'd take, take us to them. And the women would 
you know, start playing with you and get you excited and stuff like that, and they'd have sex with you. And they're just like, it was gross, like they're horrible things. But you didn't understand what's going on in your body as well. They're having these exciting, like nice feelings for once. You, often it's just been violence. And there's these nice feelings and they'd have sex with you and they'd just be really nasty to you. And often times the men would come along and rape you anally as well then too. So it's just like this horrible experience that's yeah, not too nice. And it's really confusing um, in your head as well. Like your body's experiencing something nice and something and like it's just horrific after that too. And um, everything was just to mentally screw you up basically and just become a machine. And um, then eventually after the time, I don't remember the passage in between when we left theirs in the early teenage years. I left there eventually and went on to campaign somewhere. And I don't remember much in between there at the moment. Um, just there was a lot of nasty things I did, that's all. Um, and I only remember in the last few months really of my life really then too. Um, was we got stationed to um, Jerusalem via Caesarea and coming to the city because of some political stuff that was going on. It was nothing to do with what Jesus was doing there. He was there at the same time, but it was nothing to do with that. And um, it was more for trying to control any uprisings because um, there's some political stuff that was going on behind the scenes and he didn't want to be found out in Rome what was going on, so he didn't want any attention drawn to Jerusalem at the time. But because what was going on with um, Jesus there too, there's lots of um, people getting drawn and listening to what he was saying. And oftentimes we got stationed to go and just be around the crowds and listen, just make sure there's nothing happening. And um, I just often was listening to what he was saying and it was really affecting me. It was really stirring me up and it was making me realise what the feelings I had when I was a kid and I'm not the person that I've been created to be. And um, after, after a while, I just really I was a centurion by that stage too. And... Um, I often had time to myself, often you didn't have time yourself with the other troops, but I had my own space. And um, often I'd just be sitting with that and often just even allow myself to even cry. That was just really just weird. So even cry tears, I just forgot what they were like. And started having more feelings about myself. And um, it was over, I think it was within the, it was just short of a year, I think it was there for. My mother even found me that, I didn't know how she, she'd come to the door of the place of staying at the um, some sort of place there and she come to, I didn't know how she found me after all these years, it's been nearly 30 years and um, I was just really angry and so, <laughs> just sent her away I was just really angry that she never came to save me or anybody had any care for me before and um, I never saw her again after that anyway um, and several months passed by, I guess, and um, I wanted to know about this guy too because I wondered why it was affecting me so much. And so that's one of my slaves was sick at that stage, and um, I took the slave to see this guy. I wanted to see what he, like, if he, if he is who he is to prove it to me. And he actually healed the, this, my um, slave and just gave me a lot of faith that what he was saying was true. And... Um, I just had a really different feeling about him, I guess, and um, in that time too, I feel like I'd met this woman too that didn't, um, it was different for me as well. I didn't want to actually use the women like I'd used the women before, and most of my sexual experiences were me raping them, basically, and I didn't have any of those feelings towards this woman at all. I had a lot of, had a respect feeling kind of inside myself, or not, not a desire to want to control or push myself onto her. And I've ended up forming a relationship with her. It's only still vague, that part of it, what I remember. 
Um, yeah, then come a time, wasn't there's was only three months about that afterwards. There come a time that um, that's when all the stir started happening with Jesus. They wanted the Sanhedrin wanted him dead, and obviously we're the ones they can't do that because we're in charge of the area and so we hand out the punishments. And um, so we got in charge of having to do what they wanted us to do to him, basically. And Pilate gave in because he's stuck between a rock and a hard place. Basically, he wanted to keep the quell down, not have any uprisings, just get this thing over and done with, keep it down, downplayed, and so it's all gone. So he sort of gave up and just let them have what they wanted. And so we had to go and there's my men that actually had to go, and me in charge of them, that um, had to go and do the execution, basically, or the crucifixion, as they call it. And, um, yeah, by the time we got up there to do it, and um, was the one that's actually leading them and nailing him down to the post thing he's on. And um, I was going to do, had his hands pulled back to do it on his hands and his wrists and he was just looking at me and I looked at him and I, I just couldn't do, I couldn't do anything violent to him because I could feel he's just different and he had love coming from him and that was so rare in those days and it's something that I was always looking for and had a real faith in and he's already shown me that he actually, like all the things he'd done, I could see there's a lot of love in him so yeah, I couldn't do it, couldn't be violent anymore, I just couldn't do it and so I just walked off and um, he just went and hid for a while. I went and found that woman and um, I was with. I wanted her to come with me and run away, but um, she didn't. I think she had a child or something there. And so, um, and she didn't want to leave the child, didn't want to run. And so I just realised I was just, I was gone. I was, too, I was really quite big then, about six foot two or three. And it was just weird, because most people were shorter, so it was hard for me to not stand out anywhere I went. I could go lots of places, I've been lots of places, but it's hard to hide. I was just hiding for a while there, and um, and after a while they eventually found me. I think she was helping me with food as well, just keeping me fed and hidden. And um, yeah, they found me and started to, they took me to a main area, the main sort of public area, and they um, tortured me there for quite a long time. I was pretty much, I embarrassed the whole um, Roman Empire by walking off as a show. They're supposed to be a show of force that area and controlling the people that they're trying to control and with one of theirs walks off it's pretty embarrassing for them and yeah, one of theirs doesn't even have faith in them what they're doing and also for the my men as well it embarrassed them as well like they don't want their leaders walking off and showing kindness and um yes yeah, so they're quite vicious with their punishment they're handing out on me too and also the people of that land as well they are just really happy to have someone to you know push their anger at and after all this time they've been overthrown by these people now that all their, all their energy is focused on just having their own back, liking to see one of the Roman soldiers killed, yeah, which is me. Yeah, and, um, that pretty much broke my back. I was on the ground, I couldn't move because I was pretty big and eventually they wanted to stop me, I guess. And Yeah, they broke my back and speared me to the ground so I couldn't move my upper body either. And um, I was there for several days and they'd cut my penis off as well. And, eventually ended up um, opening my stomach up as well, disemboweling me. And, um, I was pretty strong-willed, I guess, back then too, because I didn't want to let them, didn't want to have, let them have the power of making me die. And that's why I stayed alive for so long, I think, too. It's my will, just trying to want to stay alive, because I had control then. And I realised, I remember just, just seeing the sky all the time, as birds eating my stomach at that stage too. And, um, just looking at the sky, I just felt a bit more peace and realised the only bit of power I still got is I can choose to die. That's what I just ended up giving my last breath away. And that was it. That was the end of my life in the first century. Yeah.
Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I can see that that was um, painful for you. Oh, there's still bits that are painful. There's other bits that have been worked through a bit. But... Um, <clears throat> so can I go back, back in yeah. just to yeah. get a little bit more clarity and detail yeah. on certain things? Um, so this first century existence, how do you, where does all this information come from? How do you receive this information? Like how do we remember it? Yeah, it's been a slow process, not like something all of a sudden, bang, you remember everything. It's been just slowly and gradual over the period of my life as, as I wanted to know some more truth and also wanting to uh, actually step into the things I'm afraid of. A lot of times I want to get through the fear and it's obviously a very emotional process generally too. A lot of the memories start coming up and it makes I have understanding, I guess, of why I've been feeling those things in my life and a lot of it's mainly just wanting the truth. If you want the truth, you'll always find it, so... That wasn't bargaining on this part, though. Because <laughs> all my life I've just been having a real concern about... I didn't understand what even the purpose of life was. And um, I was always on a mission just trying to find out. And even with this God, like, if there's a God, what's, what's the point? <laughs> like, what's the point of putting a little person on Earth for a tiny short period of time over the history of all... Infinity, infinity I suppose, if you want to call it that. The time it's been on Earth. And, um, and then not knowing what it was for, it seemed pointless, and everything else had seemed that God had created had purpose, and it was quite, like, um, what's the word, very detailed and very construct, and everything works perfectly. There's not a thing missing out of it, and I didn't understand there's something missing about understanding what life was about, so pretty much a lot of my life I've been working on trying to find out, or trying to discover what that is, and, and love too, that really, really bugged me too, what was love? Like when you start first having relationships and stuff and they're painful and I couldn't understand why they're so painful. I couldn't understand like why it felt more painful in a relationship that hurt inside yourself. How that was felt more painful than physical pain. It felt like you could recover from physical pain but it felt like the emotional pain just seemed devastating. And so it was a real want to, want to discover all those things as well. So you know, I eventually that discovered myself along the way, my true self. Yeah. So how does it make you feel when you actually have to um, you have to come to terms with some not very nice things that you've done in the past? Yeah, I've had a lot of shame. Like, um, haven't wanted to know, and I still still haven't. I still I haven't. Like I said, there's a big patch that's missing from my life in that first century, and haven't wanted to face up to a lot of those things. And um, all the of course they're not me now, and they've been dealt with, and I've had to go through the. Um, repentance about all the things that I did and why I did them for. Um, what was your question again? Sorry. <laughs> well, because you mentioned that you, in the first century, you didn't have, the relationship you had with women was by yeah. sort of raping them. Yeah. So I can imagine if I had visions or memories of that, that would, that would, that would haunt me. Well, it did. When I first started realising that that's, like, I first found out my identity, who it was, and when I started realising what I'd actually done, I started actually contemplating, wow, like if there's people I've hurt and they're still in the condition in the spirit world that's still quite dark because of what I'd done, I started feeling really like, like terrible about it. And so I was talking to a medium, actually talked to her on Skype and asked her if she could find out if there's any through her guides, if there's anybody still um, in the spirit world that I've done harm to that is still there. Because that's like 2,000 years worth of in a terrible condition. They don't have to be in that condition. And if, like I felt really responsible in a way to try and if there's someone there can I do something about it and she actually did contact and said there was a lady she found 
and so we started doing a, a channeling over Skype and I spoke to this lady that I'd harmed back in the first century that was still in the house for 2,000 years and I was really, I had a bucket with me because so I was, was going to vomit I was just really scared about what it was going to be like and just um, I had a lot of compassion for her and coming to terms with that's what I was like back then it wasn't very nice as well and um, it was good to talk to her too because it helped her she's quite angry still very angry at me and um, we got to talk a lot about that and, and trying to explain to her the way out of where she is that's what I was most concerned about because there's no reason that she has to be there and uh, she'd already suffered enough from what I'd done to her and um, so we got to talk to her a fair bit about that and helped her a little bit so and she'd moved on actually and several months later the lady actually contacted me back and that she's spoken with her and it just helped her a lot to move forward. Yeah. So I guess, um, well, there is a lot of this. I felt like I've, um, there's been a lot of shame about my identity, but um, they're, not the, they're not me. They're something that the Roman people, have, horrible people created, and it's not who I am. It just took me a while to realise that too. Yeah. Excellent. So are you okay? Yeah, can I just cut for a second? Yeah. Just need a slight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, when did you first find out, um, or when did these memories first start coming to you? They've been slowly over my life, I guess, and um, there's no real definitive point I, get, I could actually call it on. But um, during my years, I suppose it's more in the probably in the later 20s, 30s, or something. Probably in the almost 30s, probably that started getting more feelings about it. Like there's different experiences I have and I wouldn't really get what they're about but I just try and um, I'd, I know they're important for some reason and I kept them just like won't throw that away it's something something that's got something to do with something I don't know what yet and I like almost these jigsaw puzzle pieces I had and I just keep them until I find out what they're about and um, it's only that significant of some sort and um, uh, it wasn't probably till I'd met, because I, I was always still trying to find out through it, that life too, and I'd be looking at these different areas, and um, I'd look at sort of, I'd heard that Buddhism is sort of like a peaceful thing, so, so I looked at that and that wasn't anything in that, and I'd look at New Age stuff and the stuff in that, but it wasn't really what I was looking for either, and look at different healing modalities and stuff like that too, and there'd be things in there that sort of not quite, nothing grabbed me, there's still something else that's missing, everything that had something that was missing, until um, eventually I found out that John, which is another one of the 14, John Crackle, that died is um, the Apostle John in the first century, was on earth and has been murdered since. Um, he was t um, teaching about the uh, divine truth, and the lady that I knew from other circles had sort of told me, but you might be interested in this guy, this is what he's saying, it's really quite different. And so I went and had a look at what he's talking about, and I was just really, yeah, started getting there. So I thought, wow, this is like, this is what I'm looking for, it's got more of the truth about things and I used to have this um, basis too that if something has to be, would have some truth in it, must have love in it, if it hasn't got that then they just won't marry and so, but and all those other things I was looking at just weren't quite gelling with love so I wasn't interested in them as much and, um, but what he was saying actually had the two together so I started getting more intrigued and started feeling like I know what he's talking about, like it's really it sort of seems obvious and um I eventually got to know him a little bit more and I didn't know about anything about identities and anything like that too, by that stage too. And um, he's actually saying how there is no reincarnation too, like the Western society believes. I thought, great, because that sucked, that version they were giving. It didn't make sense. It wasn't, it didn't have love in it as well. And um, 
then eventually I got the one to find out who else, well, how do you know this stuff and where did you find out about this stuff and this is telling me it's come to him and it's also come to the person called AJ and he's been like been talking about lots of stuff together as well like he's doing and so I wanted to meet this other guy AJ so eventually got to meet him and over time got to find out a bit more about eventually that there is more of these people like I've found out about AJ being Jesus too like the lady asked him once and he just honestly answers the truth he doesn't know where to go with it because he just has the truth anyway and it's like kind of a bit nutty these people then and um, because he just come back from the airport with um, two from two of the other 14 from another part of the world and that's the first time I met all of them like the two others and AJ at John's one day and I met them all in one hit and the lady had asked questions towards them all and because um, they were called, John called the other two people by different names and then he introduced them and she picked up on it and I, was, I did pick up and she asked him what do you call them different names for like that doesn't that their other name so oh, yeah it's their first century name we go, what <laughs> And he's saying that then he started saying, oh yeah, that they're actually reincarnated, they have been to the earth. And then we'll say, hey, you're teaching that reincarnation isn't even like not real, not possible the way it's been explained. He said, well not that way, yeah. And they're explaining it and this lady started asking, who are you and who are you and who are you? And that's when she asked AJ, who do you and AJ just said, Who do you think I am? And the lady answered, Jesus, and just nodded and thought it was too much for me and I walked off and decided I didn't really want to go back and be part of that sort of thing anymore. I thought it was a bit of wacky. And um, they can have, the, have that to themselves. But it used to bug me for a long time. I was completely away, didn't want to go and see them for a long time. And then it used to bug me what they were talking about though, a lot of the truth and um, a lot of things they were saying. And it just really hit my heart and thought it was really, I wanted to know more of what they had to say. Even though I just try and look, overlook that issue for now about this Jesus thing and about this other stuff they're talking about. and. Um, but it bugged me so much that I had to actually, I wanted to find out what's, this, what's the angle, there's got to be an angle. And I also felt this real, because um, I struggled with my own understanding of love in my life and wanting and seeing lots of other people suffering from the same thing I felt like I was suffering from. I felt like uh, that these people, a lot of people looking for truth and a lot of times people are quite vulnerable looking for things I felt, looking for some sort of help in their life. And I felt like a real, I felt like it's a real crime for someone to, manipulate people looking for wanting help and they're not going to get help they're going to get manipulated so I had a I wondered if that's what they're up to and so I felt like it was my mission to go back and not let that happen so I wanted to find out what this Jesus guy and this John guy are all about sort of thing what's the angle what was it what was it where were they taking it to because I couldn't find anything so I just wanted to find out and so I had to ask um, AJ if he's interested in just catching up one day and he was so I went and had a talk to him and I didn't know anything about myself then by that stage and um I started talking to him and asking him about his life and everything. I thought, if he's trying to like try and say he's Jesus, he's probably trying to avoid his life, like trying to say someone else. So I just asked him more about his life and just called him by his Christian name. So if I keep driving his Christian name at him, maybe it'll trigger him, like he won't like that. But he's fine with that as well. And you now we had a conversation for about three hours, I think it was. And he was very open and he, a lot of things he's telling me were quite um quite um, deep, I suppose, in his life. There's still a lot of hurt that he went through. I thought, oh, he's okay to face all that too. So that seems okay. Seems quite on the level. And um, I asked him lots of questions about lots of things anyway, and he just suggested to me to watch a movie, and I watched there was the notebook, and I didn't know why, and I watched it and just ended up crying and crying and crying and crying. I thought, how did he know that? So sort of like, that would affect me like that. And I was just a bit more intrigued, so I just slowly ventured back and just listened to what they are saying a bit more, and over time, 
I think um, John stopped doing the talks, just wanted some time to himself, and at that time I think he got killed as well. And then AJ used to come back over to was in Western Australia, he used to come over to Western Australia every so often, just do a talk every so often, and just around at his place, oh no, the place he's staying at, and the lady, the lady's place he's staying at for dinner, just got invited around there, and they just asked me, um, well, I was actually relaying a feeling I had about something that happened in my life, just in an analog, um, as an analogy. And he just turned to me and he said, do you think that actually might have happened? I just lost it, just fell apart. You know, and you can't control the, the stuff that comes up, your emotions. And I um, just ended up crying and crying and crying and crying. I couldn't stop. And, um, yeah, when I finished eventually crying, I didn't know what just happened. He just asked me, do you know your name? And just said my name. Like Cornelius, come out a bit blurry, but <laughs> yeah, that's when I realised who my identity was. Yeah. It was a big long story to get there, but <laughs> that was perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry, you right? Yeah. <laughs> that was great. It's really fascinating and interesting. I think of a short while. No, no, short no, not at all. Not at all. There was a time in between when I found out about AJ being Jesus and John being. Um, Apostle John and the other, these other people around, these other 14 apparently that were come back to earth as well and um, it was at the end of the talk I think we had there one other day and I think we ordered some pizzas waiting for them to arrive and one of the ladies was asking sir who are these other 14 and she said am I one of them and AJ was just going nuts and she started going around the table all different people and they come to me and he said is Dave one of them and AJ said well that's up to him if he wants to know and I thought no I don't want to know. And, um, but I already had that sort of suspicious feeling inside myself a long time earlier than that, listening to the talks, understanding what they're talking about and how it's resonating inside of myself as well. And um, yeah, I was actually quite pissed off. I didn't want to know anything about it. And um, yeah, I was quite angry. I think it was the last time I went to a pub when I got pretty drunk that night too. And just just really angry about didn't want this to be... I just didn't want to have anything to do with it, really. And asked, I think I saw it another time. I said, I don't want to... If that's what you feel, I don't want to know anything about it. I want to sort my own life out for myself and know the truth for myself, not through what anybody else says, just through my own experience. Excellent. What's the purpose of the 14? What's the purpose of them coming back to Earth? Well, it's, it's a huge amount of purposes, not just one thing, but the greatest one is just to teach about uh, the truth about God, about um, how people can be out of suffering. The world's just been, it hasn't changed much in 2000 years, honestly. The people are still in a similar, similar condition of pain and sadness and fear. And it affects everybody, like, on the, it's obvious around the world, all the things that go on that are horrible, and people just don't know how to get out of that, it seems like. And we've come to bring some of the truths about how to have that connection. Also, the connection with God, because it's the one that will help you the most. But there's many other things, too. There's but only, only once has there ever been an example of love on this planet ever human in a person that was when Jesus was here in the first century when he became at one with God when he, he received enough of God's love to transform himself to be, have the same beliefs and feelings about love as God does because our feelings about love are completely backwards actually to what our gods are on the earth at the moment They're completely the reverse and that's what causes a lot of suffering and pain and, um, so we come to teach a lot about those things too about um well, what I'm saying about him being the first one at one with God on the earth, people are still talking about it 2,000 years later and still don't know really why and what happened. Yeah, and there's never, but there's never been a, um, a, a female and um, at one with God on the earth before, so we come to demonstrate that as well. And um, 
that's pretty much, there's a lot of things we come to demonstrate basically, using our lives as a demonstration to show people how it's done. Because there's lots of different ways we could have come to Earth. We, uh, before we even came, we decided to choose this way. And it's going to be a very difficult way because it's never been done. No one's ever returned to Earth actually, by the way, before. So it's been the first time anybody's ever reincarnated. So we didn't know what was going to happen. And there's no need for reincarnation, by the way, in the Eastern view. It's just another, there's a way they're trying to understand suffering and pain. So they've made up this reincarnation theory to try and understand why people suffer on Earth. And they've come to say exactly why it is and show the way out of that as well. And um, yes, that there's, well, there's a myriad of things anyway, but that's the main one, just to um, show people how to have a true relationship with God. Yeah. So do you remember anything about your existence in the spirit world? Only parts of it. Um, it's actually running almost in parallel to my life now as I start to want to deal with a lot of my fears in life now I'll have memories more about them and at the point now I suppose what I could tell you is when I first died that um, I heard this Jesus guy was talking about how you go to the God's kingdom and, and it's a beautiful place basically and where I went to was nothing like that and so I had a lot of anger about why like what he was talking about then, like why is he saying this stuff and I'm here and I was just really angry at the world as well and just angry at people and um, I didn't want to be around anybody, I was just in darkness pretty much, I couldn't see anything pretty much out from where you are, where your hand is and that's the way I wanted it, I just wanted to stay away from people I was so infuriated with the way everybody was, I didn't understand what the hell, of, what, what, why people were like they were and everything too. I, that was mean to me and why I was mean to others and all the hurt that happened and, and where was love and all that and so I got to feel a bit of what that was like and didn't understand why and what I just didn't understand. I was just really angry with people so I didn't want I didn't see anybody for nearly I think it was about fifty years. I just wanted to stay in my darkness, curled up on the ground, I didn't want to get up. It was very, very cold all the time and I just wanted to pretty much blot everything out of my life and blot everything out of who I, my own existence, but I still existed which is a little bit frustrating for me because it wouldn't go away. I still existed. And um, there were some spirits that tried to actually be... And I first entered the spirit world, they were trying, because of my rage and anger about um, life, they were trying to uh, manipulate me too. They are in a darker condition too. And I could still... The lady that was on Earth, because you can still hang around on Earth, I was still interested in her life, so I'd be around her and see what she's doing. I just wanted to be with her, even though she could not feel me. Um, well, why did you want to be with her? Why her in particular? I was just drawn with my heart. Plus, a lot of times, anybody can be with anybody from the spirit world. There's always spirits around people on Earth. But if in my case, I wanted to be around her because I had this draw of love towards her. I just wanted to still be with her. And, um, and even though she couldn't be with me, it was just, uh, that was just painful in itself, not her not being able to connect with me anymore because she couldn't see me, couldn't feel me because of the spirit, and she wasn't able to see that. And, um, yeah, they actually... Um, the spirits knew that I was being with her around her, they could see me, and they were getting people on Earth to end up um, killing her just to try and enrage me more. They want to try and use a lot of my rage inside of me to become like them. And um, I just didn't want to have a part of it. That's why I spent those years just being away from everybody and going through a lot of the things that happened in my life and a lot of the hurt that happened in my life. And um, People would come and see me sometimes, I'd just be really rageful at them, and they'd, they'd just leave straight away. and. Eventually, um, one guy came along. I could feel he didn't want to hurt me, he didn't want to manipulate me, and he was a bit nicer. And every so often, we'd have a little conversation, and he'd just get enraged and he'd leave again. And eventually, he'd come back, and it took a long time. Eventually, I let, let him come a bit closer each time, and we'd talk a bit more. And 
was actually trying to help me and realising that um, while I was in the condition I was and trying to teach him about some things about like, how I could get out of it and teach him things about love. And um, is one of the first things that helped me, I think, he told me that um, how much I had feeling for that lady that got murdered as well. And now I had no contact with her, didn't know where she was after that. I was just devastated by that as well. And uh, the one that Skerrick of Lover had gone again. And um, he, he suggested to me, if, you, if I just think about it for a moment, I'm actually, I died and I'm still here. I'm still somewhere. Even though it doesn't look very nice where I am, but I'm still somewhere. And did I ever consider that she died? She might be somewhere too. She still might be alive. She's alive somewhere as a spirit, in a spirit form. I never even thought about that. And it gave me hope to try and find her. And so I started listening more to him about what I needed to do to try and get out of this condition so I could try and find her. And um, it helped me a lot then. And just, and eventually helped me. I've been on the ground for like 50s, didn't know, like 70 years. By that stage, it's the first time it actually got me off the ground. Just, in the spirit world? Yeah. Yeah, I just curled up on a ball and didn't want to be alive, basically, but you're still alive and you can't die. Yeah. So did you, did you find your... Did you find your soulmate? Yeah, eventually that's how I got back here, because you can't come back unless you've actually gone um, to get reformed in the soul union again. So, and that took a long, long time too. Yeah. But I can't remember those things just yet. So at the moment, you don't know who your soulmate is on no, Earth? No, not on Earth, no. I haven't met her yet. That's kind of... How does that make you feel? Yeah, it's a little traumatic in a way. Um, yeah, I miss her. I've known it for a long time. It's difficult when you've known someone for that long. And then you realise you can't even remember it. Yes, it's, <laughs> I've been trying to avoid that in my life a lot for a long time. And then, yeah. And it's come to a point that I can't do it anymore. But, like, there's almost been a feeling, too, that if I don't find her, it might protect her. Because it, um, it felt like I didn't protect her last time. I guess there's a bit of grief about that too that I haven't felt much about. But um, um, I just don't want her to be harmed. And it feels like in this earth, <laughs> it's not a very nice place. There's not a lot. There's no one really is interested in truth. No one's interested in love. They just want to get all their addictions met. Just want to have feel good feelings through whatever means they can get it. Yeah, and it's, a, it's a very violent place. Earth is to us, and we're especially where we've been. Yeah, so there's a lot of fear, I guess, surrounding that as well. I have to work through. Yeah, because that role is to bring a lot of love to us. So have to get through those feelings, obviously. Yeah, to be able to do that and have the, enough courage to face a lot of those feelings and realise that there is going to be lots of anger, anger projected at me and people want to be violent in a way, so, yeah. Because you thought you had found your soulmate, didn't you? Yeah, those feelings that um, a girl called Jodie Crick, that... Um, she contacted me and there's some feelings that I didn't feel she was at first until she actually displayed some characters, characteristics of my soulmate. And um, that made me sort of re-question. I didn't realise those at the time, by the way. It's as I, the relationship finished, of going over what happened. I couldn't understand why I got that wrong. And she um, had some... Well, I know my soulmate's character. I know exactly how she is. And at that time, Jodie actually displayed there's a lot of sureness, a lot of real... Um, 
strength about her feelings, about conviction about how she felt, and my soulmate's got a lot of those sort of feelings, and even if she's wrong, she's okay with being wrong, but she needs to honour her feelings, and that's what Jodie was saying about feeling like she was my soulmate, even if I didn't feel like she was. And so that kind of confused me, because I, I, I basically attributed that my characteristics of my soulmate to the wrong person, even though I know how she, her feeling, the feeling of her, was, gave it to the wrong person, basically. Or, yeah. There's a lot of spirit influence in that though too. Spirits are trying to keep me away from my soulmate. And, um, and they know my feelings about my soulmate, they know her character, they can read it. It's pretty much like a, they can read our memory. We've, we've got experiences, so they know what my soulmate looks like and, and what she feels like, and they can just give those feelings to another person and they can display those feelings if they're open to them, basically. So. Because that must have been something quite difficult for you to go through, thinking that you thought that you'd found that person. Yeah, it was quite, it was hard to connect with Jodie though too, so it wasn't that difficult in a way, because it was real difficult to even connect with her, obviously because she was not my soulmate. <laughs> I was going through the process of trying to, there must be something inside me that's blocking it, and um, was, I got to work through some different things in that, but it never made me feel closer to her. It actually drew us apart, so as we're trying to um, find more truth about ourselves, that's what truth will do, it'll give you the truth. And the truth was we grew apart because we actually weren't soulmates. And the truth will always drive you closer to your soulmate in the end. So what, what are your hopes for the future? Um, for myself or for the world? Or for, for both. Um, hope for myself is to deal with a lot more of my fear and have the courage to face it. Because then I'll be able to display more of who I am at the moment. And how do you deal with your fear? Uh, wanting to actually desire to feel it for a start. Like I've been, I've been so, so scared. I guess all my life since coming back into this place and didn't know why, but it's making sense a bit more now. But um, I've been so good at trying to avoid my fear and just constructing ways to try and not even like even pretending that I'm not scared. Like trying to um, when the situations come up, almost shut it down so quickly that I don't even allow it to even come up. Feeling. So now I've got to pretty much deconstruct all those things that I've done in all the different ways, how ways I avoid fear. So that's the first step, basically, trying to see what I actually do when a fearful situation comes up and how I avoid it. And I've got to find a way to stop doing that for a start, like what I do. And, sorry I interrupted you, your hopes for <laughs> the future? Um, my hope for the future is that people get to see the truth about God and um, understand that there is a true relationship. It's not the God that religions have created, not man's created, it's actually the true God. And God's very loving and has a lot of love for all his children. And I just hope that people actually get to experience some of that love, even if it's just once while they're on earth. It'll give them a lot of hope for the future, their future existence. <laughs>